Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? What is the crack? It's Neil and Paddy back again. We are coming to you. To be honest with you, Paddy, <laughs> I said when we were going through all the games that I felt like I was podcasting every day. And I said I loved it. And then I was kind of waiting for a bit of a break. But we just couldn't stay away. I just I just love it. It's so cathartic to come on and just talk about <laughs> Aston Villa. And uh, what we're here to talk to you about, I don't really know. We're just going to shoot the breeze. A couple of things have happened in the Villa world at the moment. We've no preview or review to do, which is a change. Because literally since the start of December, it's just been a bar to break, the coronavirus break. It's just been games, games, games. And I'm sure not just us, but the players as well are a bit happy of actually maybe even getting their feet under the table for a while at home. But Paddy, how are you getting on? Uh, you enjoying the fact that there's a small bit of a break between games? Um, No, <laughs> I'm enjoying not having Either game. am I. I think I think it's a I think it's a badly needed break um, that we're currently on, and it's, it looks like it's going to be this way for more or less the remainder of the season. I don't think we're down to play a midweek game at the moment until the start of May, so that will change with FA Cup games clashing or whatever. I'm sure, but um, it's kind of a bit of back to reality now. We're, we're out of cups and whatever, and. You know, we're, we're concentrating on the league. The the games are once a week, which is fine. You know, it it was great for the few weeks that we were on because we had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, but, I was just yeah. trying to say that as well. It was like, that was grand while we were in lockdown. But now, yeah. now I'm looking at the, at the calendar and I'm going, 
Oh, the fifth of March, please hurry up, so because <laughs> that's what we're supposed to be on supposed to be. here in yeah. Ireland. So, yeah. um, but I, I wouldn't count my chickens. On I that think one. deep down we all know that they're going to take St. Patrick's Day off us too. And, oh, be- and, and, and look, I, <laughs> I'd love nothing more than to be stuck in a beer garden watching sport on Paddy's Day, but. Yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it at the moment. So, no, and uh, most logical people wouldn't either. But that, for that reason, that there's no, that there are some people that have no logic. There will be, uh, there'll be no St. Patrick's Day, and and we'll be pushing out our celebrations a bit later mm-hmm. in the year. But look, that's fine. As I, as I was saying, you know, it's great that we had football twice a week for for the last few weeks. It's got us through a rough January, um, and yeah, looking forward to the game the weekend and. Hopefully we can get another three points, um, and that's about it, really. Yeah, yeah, we and we'll be back with another podcast on that. This is, really, <laughs> this is one I literally, I just, I just wanted to, want to do a podcast without having to try and guess what a team is going to be. Uh, so this is a bit more of a relaxed <laughs> one. Uh, let the personalities shine through, as they say, you know. So, um, uh, like, there's been a couple of things that have gone on in the Villa world, I think, at the moment. Uh, number one, uh, just had a pop-up on my phone. I've had two pop-ups on my phone, actually. Um, first one said that John Terry is going to be interviewed for the Bournemouth job. And then about an hour and a half later, it said, John Terry is no longer a candidate for the Bournemouth job. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe he decided he that now wasn't the time for him to go there. Um, but... Uh, I, I'm happy. I just, I just don't want any upheaval at all in this backroom squad when everything is going tickety boo at the moment. You mm. know, keep everybody together. Um, it's we seem to have a very like we haven't heard one word from Craig Shakespeare. We haven't heard, like from any of the coaches. Dean Smith's doing a fantastic job of of corralling everybody. And what I mean, I mean that in a good way. I mean that in a very good way. I mean it like that. He's doing a really good job of, of keeping the cohesion within that, that coaching squad, which is every bit as important as keeping the cohesion in the playing squad as well. Um, we've spoken previously, Paddy, about, uh, about, about like the fact that Al Ghazi did so well over Christmas and then just didn't get into the squad or didn't get into the starting team. Yeah. And he's kept the, the spirits high. You know, that's the mark of a good manager. There's some managers out there that can't do that. We've seen it. We've seen it time and again, and this isn't going to be a, let's give out about this manager or that manager. It's just that it's a skill. It can't be taught. It's an inherent skill. And, uh, you know, the fact that John Terry, I don't know whether he took his name out of the out of the pot. I don't know. I'm presuming, I'm assuming that he did, but he's no longer a candidate. That's certainly what it sounds like. Mm. Does well, What's your views on the petty? Well, I'm glad he's been ruled out. As you said, it, it, it's not ideal to be losing a manager at this time of um, of the season. You know, we're going into the business end of it. Everything has been going, as you say, tickety-boo, which is a phrase that I like. Um, we, yeah, we've been... I used it, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> that just came out. I have no idea. You could have said that I said anything there. I don't even remember saying it. Um yeah, so look, there's a lot of people who might not be too happy that John Terry is still there because for some reason he became the the reason why our defending was so bad last season, but nobody mentions why our defending is so good since Project Restart and how our fortunes have completely changed. Um, they put it down to Craig Shakespeare and his attacking work, 
But obviously, behind the scenes, we've got a great team there and they're all working together quite well. And it seems to be a very happy bunch. Um, it was probably the most animated I've ever seen John Terry after a score a goal at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's because it was Arsenal or he was just absolutely delighted for Ollie Watkins or the team or whatever. Um, but you know, we're we're his employers. I would hope that he would get as animated as he as he is. And I'm sure the day will come where somebody will take a punt on him as being their first team coach or manager or whatever they decide to call their their person in charge. And I think that will be his next move. But does it need to be now? Probably not. He's still a relatively young man. He's still cutting his teeth. Um, and he's probably doing it in a better way than the likes of... Um, oh, I don't like singling people out. You know, Lampard hasn't worked out well at Chelsea. Wayne Rooney has hasn't has hit the ground running. You know... You, you'd never have thought Lampard. You hear nothing about Lampard. Is he... You, has he not worked out at Chelsea? <laughs> I thought he was actually doing a grand job. And more serious note, I thought Lampard was doing a fine job. And look, things don't just knit together. Um, no, well, Chelsea just expect that a little bit more. And you know, and you go down a little bit further to the likes of Jonathan Woodgate, who's in temporary charge of Middlesbrough, yet there's no talk of him being given, you know, a chance of going at it. Um, no, he's in temporary charge of... Middlesbrough. Yeah, he's, yeah. Oh, he's sorry, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, so there's, he, there's no, there's in, no talk of him. He brought in Harry, didn't he? Harry Redknapp is is no, no, not he's just in there as a consultancy basis. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Harry Redknapp's a great man to 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 create jobs for himself. But you would have thought that they would have done that. Or transfer time, we were denied. We were so close, Betty, to having Harry Redknapp hanging out the the window of a car talking about Sandra, his wife. Um, you know. That kind of yeah. stuff. That's the stuff we live for as football fans, Paddy. Instead, we got 45 minutes of Jim White talking about where Harry Redknapp was stuck in traffic on his oh, way in on transfer deadline day. Oh, did, did, did <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch first transfer deadline. I didn't watch in ages because I just knew we weren't going to sign anyone. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's, that's how stuck they were for a story on transfer yeah. deadline day. Yeah, I can imagine so. I can imagine so. Um, but uh, yeah, look as as I say, Bournemouth Bournemouth is supposed to have a decision to make. They had they didn't have a decision to make for years upon years with Eddie Howe there, and uh, they tried to go for the stability route, which I was a fan of at the time, albeit I didn't have a clue who that Tindall guy was. Well, look, I knew who he was, knew he was a coach there, and he'd been there for donkeys. But um, you know, uh, for me, I'm. It's, it, that wouldn't have been a conservative approach for me, if that makes sense. Uh, but but for me, I thought it was probably the right approach for a team that had just gone down. You've got your parachute payments. You don't want to exactly go and and uh, blow the whole thing up because realistically speaking, with the squad they had, they should they should be boss in that league. They should be right up there. Yeah. Um, like there's a couple. There's a not just one or two players in that that team. There's a couple of players in that team that I would uh, that I think are very very good players and no one more so than David Brooks, everybody knows. I think he's just fantastic. I really do. Um, and there's a couple of more guys there. You know, there's a nasty, nasty Philip Billings is there. And mm. my my mind has gone blank on the right or left back that they have there as well. He's got a kind of a, he came to prominence last year. Anyway, good player, good player. But uh, yeah, look, they'll, they'll find their own manager, but it's just not really going to be John Terry. And uh, 
you know that's music to my ears because he is mm. um and, and you mentioned something as well patty you mentioned that <clears throat> you know we asked ourselves what did he do uh what, what did he do uh last year what was he doing when things were going right i think it was probably an unfair question to ask because uh like i would have expected john terry when he got that role with Aston Villa would have been pushed out in front of the camera. Every camera you could find, they would have pushed him out in front of it and he would have been this PR guru and like he was captain. It was, it was like he was the captain of, of Chelsea. He was Mr. Chelsea while he was there and uh, it hasn't happened like that. And I think he probably didn't want it to happen like that because he must be, he looks like, or he sounds like, and, and he's going about his business about a guy who wants to become a manager or a coach on his own merits because Look at him. He's taking it slow. He's, he knows the wood from the trees. He probably sees a good thing with Aston Villa there and a good growing, um, developing uh, club. And he probably is looking at Dean Smith and going, wait a minute. I may not need to go down the leagues to do my apprenticeship. How's about I just learn under a manager who has done his apprenticeship down the leagues and learn yep. from him and, and work my way forward from there? Because John Terry knows nothing other than the best of the best. And Last year, he was never in a situation like he was in last year of being basically up shit creek without a paddle for, for want of a better word. And, um, you know, that kind of stuff, you need to learn how, how you address players and adjust with players. And he can't like he can't couldn't try on the jersey and go out there and make things happen. But he could make things happen in the background. And look, I don't know whether he was at fault last year. I don't know if there's 80 rug there. Or what's the story? That's water under the bridge. But no, I just want to keep what we have together and keep it exactly. very much so together. Well, I, like, I like to think of it as it just took time to come together. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and who knows if if we didn't have that COVID break, would it have come together or not? And, you know, maybe we're lucky we are. You know, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not above uh, being thankful for small mercies of the likes of this thing happening for us because we, we have enough that goes against us. So, uh, you know... John Terry is a lot of people who don't like him for various reasons. Um, for me, he was one of the greatest centre-halves I've ever seen play the game. In that final season that he played for Aston Villa, to watch him at centre-half, you know, I've said it before, he was like the conductor of an orchestra. Mm-hmm. And wherever that ball landed, you just knew he was going to be underneath it. Every long ball he was underneath it, every header he was underneath it. He was absolutely majestic to watch it and stuff you can't really teach. Or maybe he can teach and it's finally coming together. Who knows? Um, but I prefer to see him as that guy than the pantomime villain that they roll out the WhatsApp jokes about when people's wives are mentioned and stuff. So, you know, for me, he, he'll always be a legend of a footballer and the, the other stuff takes a back seat when, when it comes down to being professional. That's interesting, you know, mention when we still mention if it wasn't for the COVID break, where would Aston Villa be? And I think we will talk about that in, you know, in years to come. Like, let's just say this team has success. We can look back at that as a very, very defining point. And that COVID break could be our Mark Robbins goal that Sir Alex Ferguson had. So (laughs) I'm on the positivity train. I've been accused of being overly optimistic. Mark Robbins scored that goal that kept Alex Ferguson in a job and see what happened after that. We just happened to take a, a global pandemic to to propel us up to the upper echelons of, of English football over the next few years and onwards towards Champions League and greatness with a dynasty of fantasticness all heralded by Sir Dino of Smith um, as he will be known in 15 years time take it to the bank 
it's happening. <laughs> right? That's yeah. Um <laughs> but it, there's no there's no doubt it's going to be a pivotal moment in the history of the club because you know this season has, has shown us that we will be a formidable force in the Premier League for many years to come um, and you know he's created a sustainable model which is going to last and hopefully see him in that position for a long time. Yeah. So you know there's nothing to worry about on, on that you know when we go back to this time last year when we were heading into that unknown COVID period after the Carabao Cup final having been hammered by Leicester yeah. and all of a sudden we we perform miracles when we get back and look where we are now worrying about if we're going to get into Europe or not. Um, and you mentioned the sustainable model and you also mentioned Europe and that's two great segues but I just wish you had done one before the other so I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the sustainable <laughs> model first. In full force Paddy, four and a half year deal for Jacob Ramsey. Um, uh, look, let's call it what it is. Dean Smith loves the kid. He's had him in around the squads all year. He's gotten game time. He started against Wolves, I think it was. Mm. And uh, now he's got a four and a half year deal. Go prove it, Jacob. And to be honest with you, you're doing a bloody good job as it is already. Just continue to progress. Anything that stands out to you from that? Um, well, the length of it, um, you know, there's a number of ways of looking at a long-term contract. We, we don't know how much he's earning. So it could be very good for the club to tie him down for four and a half years. Um, or he could be on a big contract for four and a half years. We've no way of knowing yeah, what, what he's earning. I, there, I, will be, there will be some, uh, some, somebody will have some information filtering through in, in time, I presume. But look, good luck to the kids. We, we haven't seen the best of him, I don't think, as fans. I think, I think he, he hasn't set the world alight when he's been on the pitch. But the signs are there that he has the makings of a good player. And he's obviously shown that in training and in in the under-23s. And, and, you know, the, the, the team have been looking at him now for three years coming through uh, with, with Dean and at the start, Richard O'Kelly in charge. Would have seen the, the progression that this young lad has made since he was under 16, I suppose, at the time when they came. So as a 19-year-old pushing into a first team, the time has come. Yes, he does deserve a contract. Um, as Christian Porslow always said, um, if if they're not getting into the team at that stage, they're not going to. So the time has come to to let them go, which is why our under twenty three team is so young. So, you know, good luck to him. I hope there's a few more to come because it, it really, really, really would be nice to be bringing in our own players that way. Then going out and spending 50, 60 million to, to try and push on into Europe because what this year has told us that we can compete with the big boys, even with what we have. And you mentioned you hope that there's a couple more to come. Obviously, the uh, the Aston Villa Foundation are profiting from the under-23 games or the next couple of under-23 games being broadcast online. Um, you watched the most recent game, the 4-4 against Crystal Palace. Uh, yep. Anyone really stand out in that game from you, Paddy? There's a few. Um, I, I suppose the biggest one was uh, I'm going to butcher his name again now, but whenever uh, Carney Chukmuenka, uh, Chukmuenka, yeah, yeah. Carney makes um, sense. He just did. This guy looks like he's going to be a midfield general. Um, he he has potential there if he drives on to be an equivalent of a Patrick Vieira or a Yaya Toure. He has the build of a Sikh, and he has that bit of skill and turn of pace as well. So, um. He's my biggest hope. 
um, obviously he's a bit older than Louis Barry. Obviously Louis Barry is a big hope. He didn't play because he's, he's he's injured at the moment. Um, Kane Hayden Kessler is is another big hope in there. Um, the Ben Chazan, Chazan, the left back is uh, another fine player. Um, and you know, and there's a couple more there on the periphery. Um, a little, little bit dicey at the back from what I saw, but I'm not going to judge them on one game. I'll, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that we'll get to be able to, to, to look at them a bit closer over the next few weeks with their home games being broadcast for, for £1.99, which I think is brilliant. So I'll, I'll be tuning in on, a, on Friday evening to see them play Wolves and, and see, see how, if anybody else is involved or whatever. Disappointing to see um, Anodi not involved. Um, he was on the bench, the guy that played against Liverpool. I would have liked him to see what he's like at that level. And, and you know, I, I was a bit taken back to see that he's not getting a game. So um, he's one I'd like to see more of because if, if the Liverpool game is anything to go by, there's great potential there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's great to see. I, I, <laughs> I missed, I missed the last twenty five minutes of that game. So I missed all the, all the, the, um, the real kind of hustle <laughs> and bustle of that game. Yeah, yeah, the two and four and the up and down, the highs and the lows. Um, but I missed the last twenty five minutes of it. But uh, no, I'm gonna tune into the next game now. I don't think it's on for a couple of weeks. I think it's. Uh... No, it's this Friday. Is it? Is it this Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait. That's what date today is. God, we're the 10th of February already. Thank God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I wish it was the 10th of March. <laughs> yeah, 10th of March would have been fine. Yeah, 10th of March would be fine. Then we'd at least we'd know what's going on here. Um, no, 10th, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Friday. Great stuff. Definitely going to uh, chop into that one and see what the story is. Drop into it, should I say. Um, and Paddy, you mentioned also as well about, uh, you know, with the sustainable model working towards Europe. Um do you wait for conference, the Europa Conference, Paddy? Uh, yes. You've gotten out the uh, calculator and you've gotten out the uh, basically like a spider diagram to see what the actual situation is with that. <laughs> it's not as simple as qualify seventh and you get into the UEFA Conference. Am no. I right in saying that? No. No. Well, Talk let, to me. Tell me what the story is. Okay. Well, let, let, let's go back and tell the listeners what there is, because it's probably something that if a lot of people haven't heard about yet. So basically, UEFA have decided to set up this third tier competition, which will ensure the 34 national associations will have teams involved in European competition. Okay. So that... That, that in itself, I think, is great because, you know, there's only 54, 54, 55 there anyway. So 34 of them are going to have people competing at, in, at European level, which is great. Um, a little bit of a shake-up. Uh, Champions League isn't affected. That stays the way it is. Um, but the Europa League drops from 48 to 32 teams. So all three competitions will have 32 teams in it. So 96 in total. Um, so all three competitions will have the same format initially of eight groups of four. And then it, it gets a bit more complicated in the likes of this conference league as people drop out of the Europa League. The third place teams in the Europa League drop into a playoff place in the conference league. But uh, we will we, we'll hold that <laughs> thought for now until it actually concerns us. So... 
uh, they've, they've changed the format of what times the games are going to be on at as well. So it's a quarter to six uh, Greenwich Mean Time and eight o'clock on a Thursday. Oh, go back there. What? It's the times? The, the, the kickoff times have changed, yeah. Quarter to six. Quarter to six okay, and eight so, o'clock. Okay, all right. So they're basically going to take more or less. Than, like if you were playing to get a Russian team, you'd always kick off quarter to six. I would imagine uh, uh, so. In GMT time, yeah, yeah. So they're just basically they, taking that slot. It's a yeah. fine slot, perfect slot for people working at home. Perfect. Well, yeah, Indeed. it's a bit more difficult if you're rushing home from work to get there. Yeah. But it, it, it's not much of a change. The the Europa League, uh, some games were kicking off at 5.55 this season. So it's not a huge change. Um, so let's have a look at how this will affect us. So... In the, in the Premier League, positions one to four get Champions League football. That hasn't changed. Um, Europa League uh, qualification comes by winning the FA Cup or finishing fifth in the champ- in the Premier League. Right. So that's that Europa, all- Europa League is winning the FA Cup or finishing fifth. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then... The Conference League is either the Carabao Cup winner and if the Carabao Cup winner is placed higher than sixth, then the seventh place team will automatically get the Conference League place. Cool. So So no longer does the FA Cup winners, second uh, runners up or anything like that, that equation has completely gone out of it. It's either it's winner or fifth place ball burst after that yeah um and so the only permutations for uh for from from a league point of view is if the winner of the carabao cup is uh placed higher than the seventh sixth place in the league well it, it it all changes when you know say for example man city win the carabao cup they've they've already qualified for europe there's no additional places yes so it just drops down to seventh um so it's the it's, it's the FA Cup what's unclear is if the FA Cup winner finishes in the Champions League spots does that give an extra place so who what sixth place where does sixth place go am I did I mix that up there has sixth place been jumped over to is it more fortuitous to finish seventh than it's to finish sixth <laughs> what happened to sixth place well sixth place is is either um so fifth and sixth are the Europa League if the FA Cup winner is in the Champions League. Spot. Okay, yes, yeah. So the seventh place team or the Carabao Cup winner will get the Conference League place. Oh, sorry, so there's two UEFA Cup places. Two Europa League places. Sorry, yeah, Euro- yeah UEFA Cup. I'm, I'm, I'm in old money there. <laughs> so essentially, right, it's got real old money. We've got the Champions League, we've the UEFA Cup, we've the Cup Winners' Cup. Essentially, that's how we got. Because if you won the League Cup back in the day, you got to go into the Cup Winners' Cup. And remember, Naeem from the halfway line caught Seaman ten yards off his line, five yeah. minutes into injury time. Yeah, that that used to get great joy out of singing that to my Arsenal supporting mate in school. Um, but uh, what a game that was as well, by the way. Um, back in '95, I think. Absolutely. But, but that was so. So we're kind of going back to that model, whereby you're rewarded for winning cups now, as opposed to. League position. Well, I suppose we yeah. were always that way before, but this now gives a small bit more prestige. Yeah. Well, you go back 
2013, Bradford getting to, will we ever forget Bradford getting to the cup final, uh, the Carabao Cup final or whatever it was called at the time. They could have potentially got this uh, Conference League place if they'd have won it. Now, there hasn't been a winner of the Carabao Cup outside of the Champions League positions in seven years. So it's on it, and it's, it looks like that's going to be the case this year, with the exception being if Spurs win it, they'll probably be in the Europa League place anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to consider, but there were, you know, and and I fell into it as well. For some reason, I I assumed there was two places there, which meant down as low as eighth place you could be qualifying for Europe. Yeah. But look, it's it. It, it's a bit confusing because um, it's at the discretion of the FA who gets these places. And while most most of the leagues have given... <laughs> Fucking uh, no, no, they, they've predetermined who's getting them, but it was at their discretion who got oh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. for example, in the League of Ireland, it was your league position that got them, plus plus a cup winner for, for, the, for this conference uh, league. So we could, so yeah, so essentially like this conference league is going to be a small bit more, how am I going to put it? Like it's very unlikely you're going to see unless they, unless a, a team like Shamrock Rovers, we can we call it here in Ireland, unless a team like Shamrock Rovers qualifies for the Champions League, the likelihood of them playing or Real Madrid have a massive fall from grace. The likelihood of Shamrock Rovers playing Real Madrid uh, in the next 20 years is probably slim to none. But Shamrock Rovers versus Aston Villa or Everton could very easily happen in a conference league next year. Absolutely. So it's it's a it's a tiered system based on skills. So it's, it gives it gives uh, teams more of a chance to build. I suppose it allows UEFA to spread the money a bit, bit further around the, the continent. Yeah, and, and and the whole the whole thing is to, is to to drive more money to the smaller clubs between advertising revenue, TV revenue. And and of course, the most important thing, getting fans through the gate. When we ever see that again, getting fans in to to watch potentially big toys between. Let's be honest. If we take our own situation where you have Shamrock Rovers playing Aston Villa or Everton, Spurs even, they would they would move that to the Aviva Stadium and oh, get yeah. twenty five thirty thousand, no problem. <laughs> You know, they'd, they'd fill it. They'd fill. They'd fill their Viva for an English team. Exactly, and that and that's that's a, a game changer and set a, a small club up like that for many many years to come. So, for that reason, it's a really good idea. Um, it might, for some clubs, be a pain in the ass to follow to follow into fall into that uh, to bracket of playing for this trophy. Um, it's. You know, some clubs aren't too pushed with the Europa League, and you see that when who they pick in the group stages until you know they get to the business end of it. Um, Spurs, for example, a few years ago when they, ironically enough, played Shamrock Rovers, didn't mm. really seem to take it too seriously until they got out of the group stage. Am I right in saying that the Stevens scored a goal that day? Former Villa. I can't remember. In the Stevens score goal uh, that day, I know he played, played yeah. for. for um, uh, I would have thought that was after his time. <laughs> no, but well, it's look. There's there's a segue if ever there was one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's uh, 
yeah, it's 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 one of those. Uh, it's look, this is this is a positive. I think I, I would have been down on this before the before everything was kind of more or less set in stone, more so set in stone than it was. Um, mm. but for this, this is look, one way or another, there's going to be extra games in the calendar. One way or another, whether it's a, a Super League, which now has been really knocked in the head um, to, to this UEFA Conference League. And you know what? This Conference League as well, when you think about it, maybe this is a deterrent for the big boys to leave because if you keep it, because it gives them the, the feeling of having their, their cartel at the top and their cartel at the top is difficult to get into unless you break the top four and you're in uh, England or one of the big, big leagues or wherever, you know, like yeah. for, for Aston Villa, unless you break the top four, it's difficult to get into uh, or win the UEFA Cup, the Europa League. Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm really annoying money. <laughs> uh, the Europa League, unless you yeah. win the Europa League. So, so they still have their cartel and obviously, look, the UEFA Conference League winner, he's in, they aren't going to get the same amount of cash as the, as the Champions League winner. Not going to get the same amount of exposure as the Champions League winner, so it really does allow the big boys to stay big, I suppose, for a period of time and stop maybe the the, the Super League breakaway piece. Because um, and look, the the top four is breakable. The top four in England is breakable. It wasn't for years yeah. and years and years. If anything, the last five or six years have taught us it is very breakable. And uh, look, the way as you said, sustainable model. The reason we're talking about European competition is the fact that we're in eighth position with a game in hand and on uh, some teams, two games in hand in others. Um, no, two hard games in hand against Everton and Spurs. But albeit, you know, we've a puncher's chance against everybody. We've shown that this year. So this is stuff we want to be worrying about. Um, we of want course, to be worrying yeah. about about the UEFA Conference League. To be honest with you. Mm. Well, I'm I'm lucky enough or unlucky enough to be old enough to uh, have enjoyed European competition at Villa Park and mm. even a couple of away games. And you, you can't explain to somebody how magical these trips and nights are. You know, Did you go to Hamburg, Paddy? I didn't go to Hamburg, no. I went to Atletico Madrid and I went to Strum's Godset. Trump's got, yeah, I was just about to say, remember, remember we went through a, a period of playing Tromso and, and those guys, yeah. <laughs> Any team in the Scandinavian leagues we used to play, and we'd always only win 1-0. You know, scraping in, yeah. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they were um, they were magical times, and then you've got the Inter Milan, yes, you know. The, 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 these are all games of folklore. And plus, you know, I, again, I was too, too young at the time, but, you know, we were champions of Europe. You know, I was only seven, six at the time. So, you know, three. we've we've what? done it before. You weren't, you weren't was, even born, really. I was, my, I was minus three, Paddy. <laughs> so, look, it's... Uh, we're into, what, the, the 40th anniversary of, of winning the league. Um, yeah. And next year will be the 40th anniversary of the European Cup win. So, and plus we're heading quicker than we expected towards our 150th anniversary in a couple of years time so there's a lot of celebration going on there's a lot of reminiscing so you know it's time it's time to change everything and bring bring these good times back and petty do you know what speaking of anniversaries it's in and around now when was the when the anniversary was of you coming on the podcast more or less full time because I remember, I, I remember <laughs> that phone call on the 2nd of February telling me to get my arse in gear to do more podcasts. And that text message you gave me, and I said, right, so put your money where your mouth is. Are you available every day for the rest of the year, please? <laughs> and the way it turned out, you were. And I'm you were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, L yeah. Little did we know what was going to happen after that. Little did we know. 
exactly. Yeah. But exactly. wouldn't wouldn't it be great this time next year to be uh, to be coming on the podcast after get, having a trip to oh, yeah. who knows FC Basel or Sion or uh, Villarreal or you know yeah. something yeah. something magical in any part of Europe would do me now. Genoa and, or somewhere like that now. Yeah. I'm thinking a spot a bit further down south towards the Mediterranean for the sun, Fetty. That's where I'm thinking now. As opposed you go to, to my uh, my Italian team, Sampdoria and Gemini, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then all roads would leave till the 25th of May, the day before Rotterdam Day, where we'd be looking at the final in Tbilisi, in Tirana, sorry. So yeah. you Tirana. never know. Tirana, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess Tirana is Estonia, isn't it? Uh, Albania, isn't it? Tirana, sorry, Tirana is Albania. Yeah, yeah. Tirana is. I work with people from. Oh my God, I hope they're not listening to this podcast. They're going to give out to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should know that. Out. <laughs> but <laughs> Albania, yeah, that's definitely that's where that's down near the Adriatic. That's going to be fine. Yeah, that's going to be grand and hot down there. Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm all in. Book the tickets, <laughs> Betty. Book the tickets. Bring two masks. Book the tickets and get the get the jabs in the arms. Everything will be fine. Uh, this time in twenty, just get the jabs in the arms and sort it out first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually talking to a guy earlier, and we were talking about this competition. And I said the finals in Tirana, Tallinn. and he says, "I was thinking of Tallinn." Oh yeah, and he goes, "That was a great trip, wasn't it?" And I'd actually forgotten I'd been there to watch Ireland, Ireland. <laughs> and Albania. <laughs> well, do you know yeah. what, Paddy? I'm going to make you feel really old. They wheeled the television into the classroom. When I was in, when I was probably only in primary school, I'd say to watch Ireland Albania. So now you feel really old. Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> I think I was only a teenager at the time, but it was you a great trip. <laughs> it must have been. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a two-one win, Paddy. I I might be able to remember, but I don't know. Can you a two-one? Yeah. Well, he reckons Steve Staunton scored that day, but. It's, We'll have to, if we'll have only, to do Mr. Google and check. Yeah, if only the there was a catalogue maybe that was available to all the world and like this web thing, you know, it'd be fantastic. We won't be able to find it out. But uh, <laughs> the man who makes that is going to be a millionaire. Mark my words, he'll be a millionaire. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, look, that, this has actually been a good crack podcast now, in fairness. It's, uh, there's, there's, there's less worrying about uh, about a, a game. There's less worrying about, about potential uh, performances or, or, or team lineups and stuff like that. Um, you know, so uh, delighted we, we jumped on to do this. My dog is <laughs> delighted if not, can you hear me in the background? He's back right now. Um, but uh, no, that's great. And and look, it's nice to fill our podcast for the middle of the week. And uh, as I say, the, there's good feeling around Villa Park at the moment. So, you know, why not talk about Aston Villa? We're everybody's second second favourite team at the moment. So let, let the good times roll. Um, is there anything else, Paddy? I don't think there is. Um, no, I think we've covered off nearly everything. Oh, I wanted um, to... Apart from the fact of... Having the fact I've just discovered I was in Tirana twice. <laughs> strong strong uh, alcohol in Tirana, I'd say, is there? Well, the second time certainly was. Well, it was only a day trip, so um, I just checked there. I had a text message from the guy I was talking to earlier. He, he said, you were there as a kid in 1993, and you were there on the absolute lash with the rest of us in 2003 on a, on a day trip. So there you go. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Um no, I just wanted to give a quick shout out, lads, to um, uh, we've we've had some really good interaction uh, on the website. I, I popped up a website, to be honest with you, a small bit half cooked, but it's getting there. It's getting there. There's going to be more features up in it soon. 
Um, and I'm just delighted everybody who's interacted on it. We got some really nice messages. Um, we've had uh, you know some 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 great interactions on it, and uh, you know there was uh, I, I'll keep this person's name. Uh, I, w- I won't read out the name, but you'll know who it is. They sent a really really nice message to say that they'd started listening to the podcast a couple of months ago, and it's become a staple listening in their everyday life. Uh, gets them through tough sessions in the es- exercise biker. Gets me through boring day at work. Um, you know they they basically they were talking about the vague memories of uh, success under the Martin O'Neill era and the fact that. They, there hasn't been so much success uh, since because they're they're a young Aston Villa fan, you know, which is which is great to hear that you know sometimes our senseless murmurings of the the ninety four ninety ninety six those kind of seasons, you know, that they aren't lost on people as well, uh, and uh, they go on then to say you know thanks to to for for doing the podcast um, and and you know like that stuff is brilliant and and this isn't me blowing our trumpet or anything like that, but. Just that means a lot. The fact that we're get, we're helping somebody get through their day or get through their exercise and stuff like that. And yeah. I genuinely meant it. Uh, I genuinely mean it, lads. That you know, lockdown is shit. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. But we just have to do it. So if anybody just wants to get something off their chest or just wants to talk about Villa, give us a shout. You know, I, I genuinely mean it. You know, it's it's yeah. like even if it's only, even if it's only a couple, one or two messages, just to just to you know, you're waiting for. A, a bus or something like that or whatever and you, you know there's no one you've not talked to her. i don't know i don't know what the story is give yeah. us a shout um everything will be good and uh, it's we'll funny because when, when i read the, when i read the you you obviously sent me on the message and there was no name on it or whatever but i read it and it reminded me like i, I set up a business in 2018 and it was very very quiet starting off and you know you're wondering will people come through the door and i would have uh, every morning checking uh, the podcast to see if the Villa podcast that were around at the time had a new episode out and it would be the highlight of my day mm. because I'd have very little interaction with people. And, you know, I, I wish I had the amount of podcasts that I had now to listen to back then, you know, so it's great. It's great that, you know, there's so many people involved in, in, in yeah. putting content out there and, you know, interacting with people and, you know, people are the most important thing. You know, if you don't like it, you can choose not to listen, which which is completely fine. You know, I'm sure everybody has their go-to. No, no, podcast. listen, listen, listen yes. to our podcast. Jesus Christ, Paddy, what are you doing? <laughs> well, they're already listening. I'm just, Sorry, just playing devil's that, advocate that, here. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. If we ever say anything that pisses you off, you know, turn it off, but then turn on the next episode again. All right, <laughs> we, we make a deal. There's the compromise. Turn off that episode, but definitely turn on the next episode. Well, the next again. one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I know what you mean, Paddy. But also, I suppose in another way. Um, you must be thanking your lucky stars there wasn't so many podcasts around otherwise you wouldn't have done a tap of work and the business would have shut down so uh, <laughs> maybe so <laughs> <laughs> you would be too busy listening to podcasts um, but no as, as I've said a million and one times before fan-led content is the way is the way forward fan-led content shows the passion the personality the the it may not show the humility we certainly don't at times it's very difficult to tell me sometimes that my team is maybe didn't play well um, I've come to that realization myself, but that's what we try to do. We try to maybe come to that realization and 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 everyone can kind of hopefully either come to it before us and tell us, that, hey, listen, you know what, what you said about that, nah, that was a bit offside for me, didn't really, didn't really uh, agree with that. Or they might say, you know what, 
what you said there actually makes 100% sense. No, I would never have thought of it that yeah. way. And that's what fad like content does because we everybody, and not us, I'm not just talking about us, but every fan, piece of fan like content will think about the game in a different way because it's uh, it's a passion. It's a, it's, it's a point of passion and it's a point of... Um, exactly. Uh, you know, and what I like about fan led content is you, you're getting... You're getting the truth, warts and all. Uh, some, sometimes a little bit over the top. You know, we had a, an occasion recently that we didn't throw out the full podcast because we got a bit. Uh, <laughs> that was very warped. Animated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, it's you know sometimes you're listening to, and don't get me wrong, it's it's great to get an insight to what's going on in the club, and it's important. But you know, all of these guys have media training and. They know how to answer questions, so you, you need you need some guys playing devil's advocate and just having a, a, a chat about different aspects and different stuff that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of warts and all, this one won't be on uh, YouTube because the two of us are well, me anyway, Paddy. I'm going to say is I'm a show. I didn't uh, my hair and makeup never showed up, so it's not going to be on YouTube for anybody <laughs> expecting that. It's a disgrace. Like we paid them enough, Paddy. Like they didn't bother showing up. Like terrible, isn't um, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't care if they're if they're playing from Geneva was uh, was was grounded due to snow. I paid them the big bucks to come and do my hair and makeup before YouTube. It's not not acceptable. Not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as you can on tell, that note, <laughs> today, today, is a bit, today is a bit of a giddy one. But as you can tell, guys, uh, look, listen, great to chat. Um, midweek podcast, uh, without an awful lot to talk about. We still made bones of an hour out of it anyway. Um, thanks everybody as always for listening. Check out the podcast or check out the website and um, www.furtherloveofpalmagrad.com. Also, have a YouTube uh, page where we will be doing a lot more stuff on. Uh, coming up um, but the bread and butter as we say the, the look the podcast will always be here week in week out so uh, check us out there as well and if you haven't subscribed already we'd be absolutely honoured for you to subscribe to our, subscribe to our podcast as well uh, so thanks everybody once again thank you to Paddy and you can get him at, at Villa Paddy you can get me on Love McGrath Pod we'll be back with a Brighton preview in the coming days or hours and all that's left to say is up to Villa up the villa. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.